friends, let's get started. Today I just have a few um, random, not really random, but several topics I want to talk about. So let's just jump right in. The first thing I want to discuss is cryptocurrency, which many of us have heard of as, you know, Bitcoin or other names like Ethereum or Doge and different things, digital currency, and some people know absolutely nothing about it. Other people are experts in it, and then there's a whole lot of people like me and you who are probably just like have heard a few things and kind of have some idea what it is, but still aren't really sure. So after studying a little bit about it, one thing that I've learned is that even though they call it cryptocurrency, it's not really currently being used as a currency by that many people. Um, so what is a currency? Currency is something that you can use as a method of purchasing things, uh, basically, instead of, you know, instead of doing the barter system where you trade, you know, here, I'll give you some eggs and you give me a basket of, you know, apples or whatever. Currency is, is a, uh, you know, like money, right? And though most of the world is using the U.S. dollar, the developed world, but there's also hundreds of other types of currencies. Now, that may be the wrong number, but there's a lot of different currencies that are exchanged. And when you travel to another country, you know, you might have to exchange your U.S. dollars for, say, you know, uh, pesos or German Dutch marks or whatever they are, or pounds in England, and China has uh, yuan, uh, which has another name. I think it's renminbi or something like that. Uh, so there's all these different currencies, and digital currency is sort of a new version of that that only exists basically on a computer server. It's not something that you can hold in your hand. You can hold your phone in your hand with an app that tells you how much you have out there on that server, but you can never actually hold a crypto coin in your hand because it's, it's a digital thing. It only exists on a computer. So some people think it's the greatest thing because it's, it's not really regulated by any government and yet, we also have governments that are coming up with their own digital currencies. Um, I think uh, Venezuela has one called the Petro. But for now, the U.S. does not have a digital currency, and not too many com countries actually have them in place, even if they're working on them. But those are going to be more, much more highly regulated than Bitcoin or these these other types that are that are not um, regulated. I mean, I guess you could say they're regulated in some way, but they use blockchain technology 
And why do they do that? Because with the, with the way the world is changing and people doing business with people that they never actually meet in person, there has to be some kind of way to make the transaction trusted. So, like, if I hand you some dollars, you have those dollars in your hand, you know, you don't have to trust me because you have the dollars in your hand. Well, if you're doing digital transactions, there's a huge potential for fraud. So the blockchain technology is supposed to be more um, difficult to to fraudulate. <laughs> That's not a real word, but uh, to to corrupt or whatever. But every system has its weak point, and I guess even crypto has a weak point. So some people think of cryptocurrency as a currency, and some people think of it as an investment, like a stock. And some people think of it as just like gambling. So, you know, some people may get offended by that. But right now, the price of crypto is very high. Say 10, I think it was 10 years ago, it was like $10 or something. And now it's $60,000 for one, for one unit of cryptocurrency. So yes, that means that you have to pay for it with dollars. So that, that's something that I quite don't quite understand. It's like, you're exchanging a known currency that has a known value for a cryptocurrency whose value changes, which to me is a little bit more like gambling. So I found this article on RamseySolutions.com and it gives some reasons that cryptocurrency uh, may not be the best investment. One, it is, it's an unstable it has an unstable value. Some days it's very high, and then the next day it can drop. For instance, just last week it was worth sixty-five thousand U.S. dollars, and today I saw it drop to fifty-eight, and then it went back up to sixty. So we'll see, you know, what it is next week. So it changes. Number two, cryptocurrency has a lot of unknowns about it. Not too many people understand how it works. And, you know, just that alone makes it a risk. And uh, number three, cryptocurrency makes fraud easier. Well, the fact is that it's all very anonymous, but there's also that point of contact where you have to transfer your money to another person to buy it. So, you know, there's a potential for fraud there. And then number four, cryptocurrencies have an unproven rate of return. So it's not, it's not the same as buying stock or funds or commodities or something like that because there just isn't enough information to create any kind of long-term investment plan because cryptocurrency is just not, it doesn't have a proven or even really predictable type of record. 
So according to this um, website, it says um, you're, you're better off investing your income in growth stock mutual funds that are way more secure than crypto. Now, I don't want to diss it completely because I know that some people are making a lot of money on it, but all I'm saying is at the current time, it's not like you can walk into Walmart and buy your groceries with Bitcoin, uh, at least not that I know of. That could have happened today for all we know, but um, it's still, it's not really an acceptable currency for trade in most like retail businesses. So if you buy it, you're, you are hoping that someday it will be used, you'll be able to use it like that. Now, some people, you know, they think they have a crystal ball and they're very excited about Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. So find out, find out all you can and make, make a wise decision. Okay, next topic, energy wars. Well, the energy is really like a currency in this world that we live in. I mean, all you have to do is have a big storm and have the electricity go down for a day or two or a week or two, and you will find out just how dependent you are on electricity or have a gas shortage or a a natural gas shortage and find out, you know, just how high the price can go when there is a shortage. So, you know, unless you're living off the grid and you have your own solar panels and batteries and you're cooking with wood and stuff like that, you know, which there's a very s small percentage of people doing that, even though if you go on YouTube, you might think that, you know, half of America is living off the grid and homesteading. But I don't think that's the case. I think it's just that all the people living off the grid are making YouTube videos about it. And, and they get a lot of views. Because it, it's just a dream that looks so nice. And the thing is that the people who are making that work for them, they they don't tell you the whole story. They They may have money and investments. They may have a job on the side. They may have a trust fund, um, and a lot of them probably have alternative energy sources and stuff that they're not even telling you about. They don't tell you how often they have to buy gasoline and use a generator or things like that. I mean, li truly living off the grid like a hermit is, you know, or like, you know, Little House on the Prairie that's a really difficult life that I don't think most of us want to go back to. And I mean, you know, we, we like our microwave ovens and Instapots and heaters and air conditioners and hot water heaters. We like our cars. And that's another thing. Let's talk about electric cars right now. Uh, Biden is talking a lot about electric cars and the, the thing is it's a lot of hype and hot air it's going to be years, many years before 
the infrastructure is in place and before those cars are cheap enough for the majority of people to afford them. So, you know, it's just a lot of fake news that is, is going to help. It's going to help those companies who are, you know, the infrastructure money is going to go to research and development to companies that are going to get rich off of electric cars and electric station, charging stations, batteries, and all the stuff that goes into building those, those batteries, all the rare earth materials, and finding different sources to make those batteries. But as for you and me, we're going to be the ones paying the taxes or watching inflation rise uh, because Biden and the Democrats and the Republicans are just getting ready to, you know, infuse a whole bunch of new money into the economy. And when you do that, that's when you get inflation. So let's talk about inflation a little bit. There was a bit of a, you know, media frenzy on Monday when they talked about how high inflation is. But that also is kind of like fake news. I mean, like there's so much propaganda now that I really do feel like we're living in the in the 1984 book because they are manipulating the public with these headlines. They're they're manipulating your emotions to get you to react in certain ways. And, you know, voting is just one thing, but buying things or they want you to stop buying things, basically they control they control the economy with the media. And I was reading this one article, you know, I was searching for an article about China and what was it? China and the U.S. And I was reading this article and it seemed a little... Um, biased to me. So I dug down deep and I discovered that it was owned, this this website is owned by this billion dollar company called Reliance Industries that owns, their biggest thing that they own is energy companies. But they also own media companies like a whole bunch of newspapers and websites. So basically corporations, and this Reliance is like one of the biggest corporations, they buy media and they control the media in order to help their business. So when you watch the news or read an article, the odds are you're what you're really getting is a is basically an is a manipulation or an advertisement something to to improve the world economy for that company or to prevent a change that they don't want to happen uh you know it's just like in i mean yeah i know 1984 is is a pretty bad story but but the the ministry of truth and the rewriting of history and the manipulation of the population. And we have that. I mean, we have so many lies going on right now. It's, 
it's just really crazy. <clears throat> so Biden went to China yesterday, and I haven't had time to look up and see exactly if anything happened with that. But the whole point of going was for him, him and the president of China to basically say, okay, how are we going to both get rich? Because there's a battle going on and China, China wants to be the top dog. (laughs) So I don't know what Biden's going to, you know, I really, sometimes I think Biden is friends with China and he's actually helping them. Other times I think he just doesn't know what he's doing. Um, But whether he's a secret communist or just uh, trying to keep America from coming crashing down, I'm really not sure. Um, I think his policies are going to hurt America. But we're living in a in a very like transitional time with all the digital technology changes and the, I mean like you know we talked about the currency. We are still in the transition. So what we are to be remains to be seen. We we don't know how things are going to play out, but the changes are already they're happening now. And COVID really accelerated those changes. And you know, <clears throat> there's probably a lot more actually to the plan than than I know about but I know that even even when they plan things it still takes time for it to happen so I think we should you know those of us who are not involved with the government we should just kind of just try to relax take a breath say a prayer, just God, you know, help us to just make wise decisions during this time of just huge changes and uncertainty and, you know, protect us from the bad guys. That's all we can do unless we are literally working inside the government. Then maybe we have a little bit more control over these things, but most of us don't. So what what do we have control over? Well, we have control over our own homes, our own thoughts and feelings, and our own relationships, and how we react to the world. So one of the things that we can do, since it isn't a time of uncertainty, is we can, you know, be wise with how we spend our money. And we can also learn some new skills. And one thing that I've been doing, and and my husband has been doing, and we've been kind of learning some new, like, gardening techniques. And, for instance, we, we plan, well, first my husband and my son built a really beautiful raised bed for gardening. And so we've already had, we're on our second planting in that garden now. And so the first time we we grew quite a few peppers and and uh, cucumbers. So for our the first time, I mean, we're in our 50s and we had never done this before. We learned how to make pickles. And it was super easy. We used a refrigerator pickle method, not the canning method. Uh but the refrigerator pickles were delicious and none of them, you know, they all got eaten 
but they didn't go bad. Now, there was a few recipes we tried that didn't really taste that great. So, you know, you you might want to experiment a little before you make a whole big batch of any one recipe cuz they're not all the same. They most of them use vinegar, sugar, water, and things like that, but the ratios of each and then the spices that you put in, they affect the way the pickles are going to taste. And we had a few jars that didn't really taste that good, and we ended up throwing them away. But uh, the ones that were good, they got eaten. And we also pickled jalapenos, and I made a whole bunch of fresh, you know, salsa, like like picante sauce, you know, with tomatoes and peppers. And um, I even made some homemade spaghetti sauce with our tomatoes. So, you know, that was really fun. That's what we did this summer. And now we have another garden uh, or crop or whatever you want to call it. And we have a bunch of lettuce and we have some red cabbage and some spinach. And we still have one jalapeno plant. So my husband is saving up all the jalapenos. Now, it has been, you know, we've had a few cool weeks so the peppers and the my one tomato plant are not really growing that well. So I haven't exactly, I haven't got a single tomato off that plant. But the peppers, we've, we've gotten, I don't know, five or six little jalapenos. And he wants to, you know, pickle those. But the rest of it is, you know, basically lettuce and spinach. Because you can grow that in the cooler months. And the good thing about having your own garden is you can do it organically. It does, We don't put pesticides on it. Um, you know, we have, we use rainwater. So, I mean, we have had to water it sometimes, but we've had a lot of rain, you know, off and on. And that rainwater is so good for the plants. So that's one thing you can do, grow a garden. Another thing that we do is we have chickens so we, we've had to learn, you know, how to manage the chickens over the years. And recently, the price of chicken feed has started to go up. I mean, in the past year, it's gone up like a dollar a bag several times, which that adds up. Because you have to, you know, you have to give them feed constantly unless they're free ranging, which our chickens are not because we have dogs and our neighbors have dogs and they would they would kill the chickens. So we have them in a coop and they they you know quickly ate all the grass and plants that were inside their their yard. So last weekend we decided to do some some garden some like landscaping and we dug up a whole bunch of clover and stuff uh out of the flower beds. And we threw that into the chicken yard, and the chickens loved it. I mean, they ate pretty much all of it. I noticed there were some that they did not eat, which it must have been like the roots or something, but they ate all the leaves. And also, we give them, like, if we have some leftover vegetables that we don't want to eat, like maybe the ends of a lettuce head or things like that, we give that to the chickens. And so there's actually ways that you can kind of bring down their feed costs. 
There's other things you can do, and I highly recommend YouTube to learn more about raising chickens. So why do you want to raise chickens? Because you want their eggs, and we love eggs, and we eat lots of eggs. Um, you do have to be very careful because if you live in the country, wildlife, you know, like raccoons will come in and they will kill your chickens. And we, you know, we lost quite a few chickens that way before we shored up our uh, safety for our, our chicken house. And so that brings me to, I, I talked about how we made pickles and we made uh, tomato salsa, but then we learned that we want to make something called chow chow, which is like a, it's like a relish made from cabbage and peppers and onions and there's different recipes some people make it from green tomatoes so you know if you go online you can see different chow chow recipes but my family evidently loves pickled foods because they love this chow chow it's like a relish you can put it on sandwiches or other foods and so today i was going to make some for the first time but all the recipes said that I needed to use the water bath canning method and that's something that I have have not tried to do I've been a little scared of it and why is that because if you don't can foods properly then there's a danger a serious danger of contamination with bacteria that can make you very sick or maybe even kill you. And so if you're gonna if you're gonna can things, you need to you know get some information from a like a ag extension or a university or uh, just someone that is gonna give you very accurate information. You can even get a book from the store or the library. And you have to follow the instructions because you don't want any stray bacteria getting into your cans. And then when you put them on the shelf, it's it's in there, you know, contaminating your food and you don't even know it. So that would not be good. So that's one reason I have not done it that way. The only type of, you know, uh, preserving we've done has been the refrigerator kind. And when you do it that way, you normally have to eat the food within two to four weeks. But, you know, if you know you're going to eat them, you can do the refrigerator pickles as long as you know you're going to eat them. Uh, but I really want to learn how to can because I see so many good recipes. And plus, I want to know how to make jelly. I think that would be really fun. Like last weekend, we went to a craft show and we bought some jalapeno pepper jelly. Just like, you know, grape jelly, but made from jalapeno pepper flavor and so my family just like ate that in three days they loved it and the way they ate it was they got crackers they put some cream cheese on the cracker and then they put the jalapeno jelly on top and they they really enjoyed it and it's all gone because the jar was kind of small <clears throat> so I want to learn how to make that so I can make more of that jelly for them and, you know, that's something you can do um, when, you, when you have to stay home because of viruses or, 
other reasons and um plus I think it's just a it's a good skill that we we don't want generations to to forget how to do these things and be totally dependent on buying all our products so if you grow a garden if you grow a big garden you're not going to be able to eat all that produce yourself so the idea is that you would can it and then you would you know eat it throughout the year or maybe even sell it at a craft fair um so preserving food is one of the the things that we can learn how to do in this changing society that even though it's becoming way more technological and advanced, it has not solved all the problems and it never will. So if you have, if you're still raising your kids, I encourage you to teach them how to cook, how to garden, how to take care of animals. Um, another thing my husband has been really interested in is foraging. He's been watching a lot of videos about that and he's going to get a book because he wants to learn about um, literally eating weeds. So that would be plants that grow naturally in, around your property or in other people's property that you can eat and that they're nutritious. So foraging is another thing that we can learn for not just a survival skill, but you know, it's kind of fun too. So what else can you do? You can teach your kids how to bake. Like today I baked cookies from a mix. And you know, for me that's way easier. I just really don't like baking from scratch because I'm not very good at measuring. But I, but at least I baked them from scratch. I mean, I baked them. I baked them at home. I know what went into them, which was a whole stick of butter and a fresh egg from my chickens. And the mix itself is a pretty basic mix. And it is gluten-free. So, um, you know, homemaking skills or survival skills or whatever, they're going to come in handy. I mean... There is a chance that our economy could crash if the dollar um, is was to lose its value or just from the um, kind of upheaval of there being multiple currencies and from China becoming more dominant in the economy. Um, one thing about America is that not a lot of people know this, but basically the whole world economy has been dependent on the U.S. dollar for many years. But that is changing with the change in the fossil fuel dependence. So the dollar is going to keep getting weaker and weaker unless America can replace it with something else. Um, but even if they don't, America is not going to be the king of the world anymore. Because other countries are becoming more developed. They're having their own economies. So the um, the kind of privileged uh, life that we have lived as Americans, um, it, it could change. It, it could change. Basically, the, the playing field is going to be leveled. And, you know, that... 
that's good for the people who are kind of uh, living in poverty, but it also means that for a lot of Americans, um, their standard of living may be more difficult to maintain. Um, for example, we buy a lot of items from other countries. And if those countries start paying their workers more, then the price of those goods is going to go up. So basically, a lot of the stuff that we buy very cheaply, the price is going to go up for those items. So the only way that our economy can maintain that is if American companies pay their workers more. So as you can see, that's a whole lot of changes. So in the meantime, it would be good if you kind of know how to live a frugal lifestyle. And that's something I talk about on my blog quite a bit. So if you haven't checked out my blog, please do go to blueskiesandgreenpastures.com. And I have, you know, several articles on there about saving money and different ways to, you know, uh, like live on one income if you want to stay home with your kids. You know, I've lived, I've been a stay-home wife and mother for 30 years. My husband is a mechanic. We He doesn't make a lot of money. I mean, he made enough. And with him and with God's provision, we lived on one income with six children for all these years. So, you know, I do have a little experience with that. And I have some articles on there about living on one income that you might want to check out. So I'm going to go ahead and end it here. I hope this wasn't too uh, rambling. Um, I hope you got some kind of value out of it. If If you did, I hope that you will give me a rating on Apple Podcast and that you will subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast app and that you will come back again and see what we have to talk about next time. So... Repent and follow Jesus now and serve the Lord while you can. Bye now. So I decided to go ahead and just read to you one of my blogs that I wrote recently called Ways to Survive Inflation 2021. And I'll just give you some of the things that I listed in this blog so you don't even have to go read it yourself. So number one. Uh, cancel or pause all of your subscriptions. I'm talking about um, your apps that you pay for every month, streaming, video, and music services that you're not actually using, food delivery services, um, websites that you pay monthly for, and you know any other apps that you that you really are not using. Like, if you're not really using your music app, then, you know, maybe you can pause it or just cancel it. Um, I think this is something that a lot of younger people do is they don't realize how much money they're spending every month because they think it's only a few dollars or whatever. But if you if you sign up for a lot of those things, that, that could be, you know, $100 a month or more. 
So look at your bank account, check all your automatic debits, and see what's coming out, and see if there's anything in there that you really don't need, and just go ahead and cancel it or pause it until you feel a little bit more comfortable with your money. The second one is to, when while you're on your bank account, see if there's a feature on there that shows you where your money is going every month. I know Wells Fargo offers that, and it's really, you know, kind of helpful to see, you know, oh, I'm spending this much on gas, I'm spending this much on grocery stores, this much on restaurants, or whatever, and see if there's some adjustments that you need to make. If you don't have a bank account, I encourage you to get one. Uh, people who don't have a bank account often have to pay money to use their own money, such as buying money orders or getting those uh, pay credit cards that actually charge you fees to use them. Don't do that. That's awful. That's like, that shouldn't even be legal, but I do believe in a free market. I just think that people need to be educated about how they're getting ripped off. And those, those special like pay cards or whatever, they prey on the poor and the people who don't read the fine print, and they're just as bad as payday loans. Uh, number four, make sure you are not paying monthly fees to your bank. If you have a job that will pay you with direct deposit, a lot of times your bank will eliminate monthly fees. And if you don't have a direct deposit, they might do it if you do like an auto transfer to a savings account every month. So check into, see, see what your bank is charging you in fees every month. And you shouldn't be paying ATM fees and, or anything like that. There's, there's better deals available. Okay, what about gas? Right now, gas prices are really high. So try to find ways to drive less, carpool, Make sure your car is in good condition, your tires are aired up, get a tune-up, change your oil, buy a better car that gets better gas mileage, um, ride your bike, walk, um, shop online, use delivery services, you know, whatever you can do. I mean, I love going for a drive as much as anyone else, especially I live in the country. But the thing is, living in the country means that if I just need to even go to Walmart, that's a that's 30 miles round trip. So that's over a gallon of gas right there. So, you know, we have to plan our, our trips. Number six, cancel or transfer high-interest credit cards. Many banks are sending out credit card applications right now. So look, look at them and see if you can get a better deal than you have and if you have a credit card that has a high interest rate, maybe you can transfer your balance to a lower interest card or maybe even zero interest. Uh, number seven, um, with the credit cards, see if uh, you can use your credit strategically to, such as some people are really good with um, being self-disciplined and this is only a tip for people that trust themselves to do it correctly. And what you do is you use your credit card as a way to earn cash back or mileage points or other types of rewards. 
But if you're going to do that, you have to make sure that you actually pay off the credit card at the end of the month. So I've been doing this lately because I want to earn mileage points. And I'm just like keeping a list and keeping all the receipts. And I'm just, I'm buying my groceries with my credit card. I put my electric bill on there, my water bill, my phone bill, my AT&T bill, and gas. And then at the end of the week, I just go onto my credit card account on the internet and I make a payment. You can make more than one payment per month because if you do it at the end of the month, it may seem like a lot, but you can make multiple payments. Uh, number eight is something I already talked about in this podcast. Learn how to cook. So you may need to buy a few basic kitchen tools if you don't have them. Um, you know, you might be able to pick up some good deals at a thrift store or, you know, Walmart actually has some really cheap pots and pans. And you don't need a big giant set. Just get the stuff that you, you know you're going to need, like a big pot for cooking pasta and a good nonstick skillet and some spatulas and things like that. You need a nice bowl for mixing things. Okay, number nine, try to reduce your food costs. Eating is something we all have to do, so you can try to eat cheaper. And of course we know that means not eating out. Number 10, this only applies to a few people, but if possible, if you're, you know, if you can, Get a roommate or rent out one of the rooms in your house. You know, uh, a lot of people can't afford um, housing prices right now. So you may, you know, just be sure you get a lease and make it very formal and only rent it out to someone that you trust is not going to leave you hanging and not pay you. Uh, You might even want to, you know, get some money in advance. Uh, number 11, shop around. I know it takes time and effort, but make sure you're getting a good deal before you buy something. You might be surprised that some, some other companies could have a much lower price. Number 12, buy used instead of new. This is obvious to many of us, but some people still need to be reminded or they didn't grow up, you know, purchasing used items. That was only for poor people. Well, nowadays, Everybody buys these things. So you can go on Facebook Marketplace. You can use Craigslist. You can go to your lo- local thrift shop. You can. There's lots of different apps that sell used designer clothing. You know, there's always eBay. There's used bookstores. So now's your chance, especially with <laughs> supply chain issues. Buying used is a great way to find things that you may not be able to find in a store. And number 14, I'm skipping 13, saving it for last. Uh, 14 is cancel your gym membership if you're not really using it. Some gyms will let you put it on hold, or if you're lucky and you're just doing a month-to-month, you know, just cancel it, and you can go back later when you have more money. Um, and I say, you know, if you own a gym, I'm sorry. Just, you know, gyms sometimes suffer when there's an economic downturn. Number 15, get a second job or start a side business, a side hustle. Just be careful that you don't actually waste money that you could have used paying off debts or just 
paying your bills instead of, you know, starting a business. For example, I really don't, I'm not a fan of, of network type businesses like selling Scentsy or uh, what are the other things, uh, you know, Beachbody or whatever. There's a million of them. I, I really don't like those. I call them scams. But if you're super good at it and you're making money, then more power to you. Okay, number 16 is not just using Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace to buy things, but you can also sell stuff. So sell the stuff you don't need and, you know, make some extra money. You may have some items that could be worth a lot. Okay, so what was number 13 that I skipped? Just because the economy's bad, don't stop being generous and giving back to God. Because as Christians, we know that everything we have really belongs to God. And he doesn't want us to uh, be, you know, afraid. He wants us to trust him. So even when the, you know, money's tight, he wants you to keep on giving back. So give to your church, give to other Christian organizations, give to homeless shelters, give to the food pantries, missionaries. You know, there's lots of different opportunities. And, and you know, don't, don't really feel like you need to tell anyone about it because that really needs to be between you and God. And God, God will bless you for it, your generosity. And because it requires faith. And he really wants to know that you, that you trust him, even with your money. <laughs> so I hope that little list of inflation tips was helpful. 